As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. And it is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. I am David Aldridge in D.C. Pinch hitting today. The best pinch hitter in the business, the Manny Moda. See y'all too young to remember Manny Moda. Marcus Thompson joins us, man, all the way from the Bay. What's up, sir? Man, who was the pinch hitter from my era? That's a tough one. Who's a great pinch hitter? I don't know Manny Moda. Come on. Can we get somebody from the... You don't know Manny Moda, Vic Davalio. You don't remember any of these names, right? <laughs> nah, nah. That's just a little pre, pre-Marcus Thompson. Uh, I'm more of the... Uh, I don't even know who a pinch hitter is. Jeez. It's terrible. I don't even, they don't even use pinch hitters know, like right? that anymore. Guys don't stay on one squad for years like Manny Moda was with the Dodgers. I'm he going with Scott guy. Hatterberg, who pinch hit and hit the... Uh, Game winner home oh, run for Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. won twenty in a row. There you go. I was at that game. Were you at? You weren't at that. I was. At you that weren't game. at that game. Yep, were you? I was covering it. Yep. Were you really? Yep. Oh wow! How about that for Moneyball? That was a great scene. I love that scene. Yeah, it was. That was it incredible. Was it, it was as crazy as it as they made it, it seem it in the was, movie. It was way crazier. Live, it was insane. It was. It was surreal. It. I don't know. I don't know what the heyday of A's baseball was like. I was just a kid listening to it on the radio. Yeah. But man, for a team that <laughs> didn't make it to the ALCS, <laughs> it right, was incredible. Right, right, right. It was just insane <laughs> that team. How I, good it was! It was amazing. Twenty in a row. That's you know, literally breaking records. I mean that that just seemed like I remember it. I don't. I'm not gonna say I remember it like strongly, but I do remember when they won twenty in a row. It was like, wow, the Oakland A's, you know, <laughs> they blew, yeah, they blew yeah. the lead. They had a five run lead and blew it. And then one at the end, that's when they were winning like every game in the bottom of the ninth. It was like, right, it was, right, it was crazy. Right. Uh, we're, we're getting that back as soon as the A's stadium come alive in 2029. As soon as the new stadium is, is built <laughs> in 3031. <laughs> Facts. It's, it's any minute now. <laughs> They'll get a new stadium. But people want the A's to stay, right? They don't want the A's to leave. Nah, everybody wants the A's to stay. Especially since it's the last right. team left, you know? It's like you got you to gotta hang on, right? right. You got you to keep something. At least, yeah. at least that's yeah. how I feel. Keep one of them things. So, look, I want, I, wanted to, I want to talk about a couple of things. We got Kenny the Jet Smith coming on later um, from my, my former TNT colleague. Well, he's still at, at TNT. I am not. But he's still he's still there. But we were together for 14 years, and it was great great time there. With is him Kenny as cool as Jack. he seems? Kenny seems like a cool yes. dude. Man. I've only met him a couple Kenny's times. He's a very but, cool dude. Yeah. Very chill dude. Has the best parties that I've ever seen at All Star. I've never been able to get like, in one. That's 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 the difference between our careers, listeners. Da is dude, a regular at the yeah. Kenny Smith party. I've never <laughs> been there. Dude, you they tell us from jump. Do not ask us for extra tickets. There are none. If you lose your ticket, we can't give you an extra one. That's how that's how hot the ticket is. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. I got laughed at trying my first couple of times, DA. I was like, hey, you got a ticket to the Kingsmith party? <laughs> Look at this guy. People he would wants like, a ticket. <laughs> people would get angry at me. And this is what this is why I hate all star markets. Because it would be randoms. It would be randos. It would not be like my close personal friends. Like I would like who I would really try hard for to get a ticket to see if I could find, like I would make multiple calls and texts and things. 
but you have to do that for your friends. I understand that. So you, your friends say, Hey, 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 I need Come on now. And so you do what you can. Sometimes you can get one and sometimes you can't, but there are random people that I have almost no relationship with. would be like, yo man, can I get three? Can I get five? Can I get three? For the Kenny Smith uh, party? Those people. <laughs> I'll be like, no, I can't get you five. And they get mad at me. And I'm like, why are you like angry with me? Random person that I have no relationship with. <laughs> I can't get you into the Kenny Smith party. Like this, That's crazy. There's, there's like 700 other parties you can get into. The worst part about those people is when they're asking, they usually start with that like kind of that very transparent, hey, how you doing intro. Like you ain't heard from me right. in a while, but they, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me do the check-in first to make sure I'm not just asking for something. It's like, dude, go ahead and ask. I'll see right, what right. you're doing. Cut it out. <laughs> Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Exactly. But oh man, it was just it. So I hate. It's one of the many reasons I hate All Star. So I was glad I wasn't there this year for multiple reasons. But that's one of them. So you wrote this great column, um, uh, just a terrific column about LeBron and Steph. I mean, not that they had beef, but they both were trying to. It's competitive. They both want to win championships, so you can't be friends with those people. I understand. It's like it's like Magic and Isaiah were friends at one point, and then when Isaiah's team wanted that chip, they they couldn't be friends for a few years. And, and I understood that, but I thought it was really well written. And I just wondered, did you get any sense from either of their camps that that was the case that they were kind of warming towards each other, or was it? more observational just kind of knowing those two guys well it actually began oh a couple years ago so this was like this was like almost like not a culmination but like the public offering right when they did they're the first time the nba had the top two vote getters draft the all-stars it was steph and and lebron and so at that time i think it was 2018 uh, they had the conversation. They were drafted. They had a lot of fun on the phone, and the conversations was, "Hey, that was that was great, <laughs> right?" It's like right. we didn't know they didn't know how it would be. It was like, okay, this is going to be right. awkward, and it turned out to be great. <laughs> right. So, from that sense, especially from the the warrior side of the camp, it was like, "Hey, look at this, right?" There's a bit. There's 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 a there's a there's a little daylight there. There's something there that. That the that right. the beef or the friction or the competitive spirit is over. I don't think them two ever had an issue. Like they never had like a problem between those two in particular. But, you know, just how the thing worked out with the finals, there was definitely a competitive tension there. Just like Chris Paul and Steph. Yeah. I, they don't have any personal beef, right? But they both going for the same right. thing. And Chris Paul is as competitive as it gets. So Right. For me, this this whole situation was almost like a couple years in the making, and they got to the point where they were okay say, being public about it, right? Like, I think it was like, hey, LeBron's like, look, man, I, I'm already at the top of the game. I'm not, I'm not worried about anybody else. Like, let's let's be celebratory. Plus, you know, what we've been through is, is enough, man. Like, we don't need – at some point, the petty's got to be – take a backseat to – humanity and appreciation right, and, you know right, what I'm saying? right. like at some point let's, <laughs> right. let's let's put aside like the little silly stuff and i think they're both older and wiser now so yeah it was I, yeah well good i mean i was glad to hear that and read that in your column because you know like i get it i understand and sometimes as you know the beef is is not between the individuals it's between you know, people in there. Yeah, hardly ever is, orbits. right? Always- <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, it's always somebody in your orbit that, you know, that. But it, I just remember, especially after Cleveland won in 2016, and you remember, I mean, you were there. You remember what that was like and the, the block shot and the sneer and all that sort of thing. And I remember Rich Paul saying, you know, I got a, I got, a, I got a text from a dude in Chicago that said the whole city of Chicago is pulling for Bron. And it was so obvious, like, what the subtext was. And I was like, yes, come on. Yes. You know, like, oh, we're really going to do this. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> we like, did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we did it. Absolutely. And we did do it. You know, and so I'm glad that it was, not, I mean, if it was ever beef, I'm glad it was squashed. Because, you know, you can, when you're as good as those two guys are, you really should 
you really should respect the other people who are as good as you are. You know what I mean? Like, like that's really the crazy should. part, right? Like, I mean, they're 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 alone on the echelon. There's not that many people yeah. up there. That's a small group, right? And very small. You, you look smaller at, than uh, smaller than most NBA players think too. Absolutely, no question. It's like, <laughs> yo, I mean, even like just you could just say that on talent and production, but even yeah. if you add the pressures and the the just unique experience of being a face of the league like that's not the, right that's not that many people who, who who know what that feels like and know what that's like right and and lebron knows it better than anybody right he's felt he's 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 got over a decade <laughs> in in right. this right yeah so yeah. i i thought it would be like like steph welcome to the club man like you made it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it was like, hold right, on, right, right. hold on. <laughs> it was it was just different. Right. But you're right. It feels like it would make more sense for them to to be like, we're we're in this. Like, it, you know, it's, it's it's good to be joined by another. But it was kind of the opposite until a couple years ago. Yeah, the Champions Club, right? I mean, you know, it's hard to win. It's, it's, it's tough, hard. man. It's so hard. It's tough. You know? <laughs> I mean, look at how good James Harden is. Right and right, right. And he, yes, like this dude is incredible. James Harden is insanely good, and he doesn't have a championship. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's hard to win a title. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah it's, it's just it's hard enough just getting to the finals. Like, like if they don't play, if the Warriors don't aren't there, I mean, we the whole arc of James Harden's life is different. You know, he's probably still in Houston because they probably would have won one or two rings by now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Chris Paul it's, and it's the Clippers, a, right? Think about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, the ones that make it, I would think, have a special appreciation for the difficulty. And if they see somebody else that made it too, like, I would just think you'd be like, I don't give a damn. You my boy, because I you know more than anybody what this is like, what my life is like. Yes. <laughs> like you know what it, you know what I mean? Like that's that's why I always thought they would have some kindred in that in that sense. You you know, you know what's unique about those two is they have the history. Uh, I mean, there was LeBron was a huge Steph supporter. Yes, huge. right, right. You said mention that you point that out. Like, yeah, yeah there was yeah. nobody riding. Like, I'm listen. I, here's I'm saying this. I know this for a fact because the Warriors were trying to sell us or me. I was talking to the general manager. He's like, just Steph Curry kid. You got to watch the Steph Curry kid. And I'm like, I am man. This dude is like. Two twenty pounds, right? Like, I'm not buying Steph Curry as the next star, right? And then he goes off in the tournament, right. and general manager's like, "I told you, I told you," and I'm like, yeah. "I don't know." Yeah, he can score, but I don't know. And LeBron is the one I see at the games courtside, at right? Games, like, yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like LeBron was on this dude like early. So yeah. their relation, they had, they have a relationship. They there was. Uh, you know, almost like a big brother, little brother kind of thing with them. Uh, so it was interesting that they had this little four year period of competing for championships, and that that spigot got kind of turned off, right? And now it's kind of yeah, clear to get right. turned back on. But there's always yeah. been this kind of mutual respect and admiration thing. So even even in the Curry side, when it got cold, it was like, oh, I thought. I guess, I guess I guess that's over, nah. right? I guess that I guess that's it, <laughs> right? So right. yeah, that, they, it's they gonna have be history. funny to me. I'm going. I wonder what will happen if the Warriors get good again. Yes, like Clay comes back next year, and they make a move, and they bring in a third person that can really help them, and they're back to being the Warriors again, and just you know killing fools. And now they're in the same conference. I wonder what that will be like. Especially since like Draymond is like team clutch now and all, you know, with Right, right. With, he's right. like that's LeBron's homie. So it's like there's there's a lot of intermingling happening between these two camps. So do they go back to the icy yeah. cold relationship or <laughs> <laughs> that that would be interesting. I'm I'm very interested to yep. see how that plays out. Especially throwing Warriors Lakers, right? That's a whole different mix too. Exactly, exactly. With all that history, I mean, it's not Clippers Warriors, right? But it, but still, you know, they do have some history. A little not, bit. Not yeah. The Warriors yeah, Lakers yeah. history I, is one of demolishment. Yes, <laughs> Marcus, I was there for the Run TMC introduction when Run TMC introed actually introed the Warriors for that playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> they came. Run DMC came there and introduced Run TMC. <laughs> And the Lakers beat him by like seven thousand that game. 
<laughs> and Magic afterwards said, "You don't dance. You don't dance on the Lakers like that." Yeah, you're <laughs> like, right. Oh my oh, god! You shouldn't have done that. Oh huh? Lord! I know one of the great oh. moments in Warriors history before they blew up and became these champions was like the Sleepy yeah. Floyd game, right? Twenty nine in the fourth yeah, quarter. Right. Nobody ever talks about the fact that all he did was save them from getting swept that series. Yeah. <laughs> right. It wasn't even. They weren't even like a. They were beyond an afterthought. Yes. They were just not even like. <laughs> it's like, hey, they're down 3 0, 29 in the fourth right. quarter, Sleepy Floyd and Superman. And then they lost the series the next game. It's like, that's, that's right. who the Warriors were. <laughs> right. Right. So that will be fun if those two, if those two actually do kind of duke it out for a couple more years, you know, however long LeBron has uh, to play, because that would be kind of fun. I would, I would enjoy that. Um, and it would be great theater because they are both great, great. <laughs> Great players. All right, like, let me let know. me ask you, Da. I gotta ask because this is the question floating around ever since I wrote that. Is there a universe where you see them playing together? I mean, they're gonna be like I mean, Martin and Eddie Murphy in life. Are they gonna be both old men on the same right. team? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's when they'll play together. Like, I, it's hard for me to see a scenario where where Steph would would asked to leave Golden State. Yeah, like, forget the, the money part, or yeah. any, the salaries or all of that. Just Steph saying, I don't want to be a warrior anymore. I just find that, I find that hard to believe and I can't imagine, I, I would, you know, I've learned never to say never, Marcus, but it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where LeBron would leave the Lakers for anybody at this stage of his career. Like, I, no matter who it is, like go back to Miami or finish, finish at home in Cleveland or go play you know, let's say he wanted to play with Chris Paul somewhere, whether it's Phoenix or somewhere else. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to see, but I can't, I'll never say never, but I just don't, there's the scenarios don't add up. I don't see, I don't see realistic scenarios for either of them leaving where they are right now. Yeah. Something would have to go really bad at, in both situations. Right. That's the only way. Right. It's something like, like the Warriors would have to be really like they were last year for like three more years. Yeah, they you know yeah, I mean? it'd like, have to be really bad and it, really bad the relationship deteriorate. You know what I mean? Like it would have to that, yeah, it all falls apart. That's where it just all falls apart. You know what I mean? Like that's the only scenario where I could see Steph at well, he's thirty well, he's thirty three now, right? Yep. So a few days, yep. At thirty yeah, at 35 saying, yeah, I went out. I mean, but it would have to go so south, and I don't think it will. He's too um, deep in. He could be one of the few players that play their whole career with one team. You know, stuff like that matters yeah. to Steph. So I'm with you. Yeah, I just yeah. – I don't see – plus if LeBron ends up saying, you know what, I'm over this Lakers situation. Like, is LeBron the type to go play with somebody? Like, and go nah. be the number two or three guy? Maybe when he's older. Maybe when he's 40. Well, if here's here's yeah. how it happens. Here's how it happens. I'm gonna tell you right now, Dia. Here's how it happens. If the Warriors draft Bronny, that's how it happens. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That will make sense. Yes. Then I can see that. Then he's I like, I'm a Warriors. That. that is a scenario. Yeah. That's that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. All right. Well, that was interesting. But read read this column that Marcus wrote in the Athletic. It's fantastic about LeBron and and um, and Steph kind of hugging it out at uh, All-Star in Atlanta. So we're going to take a quick break here, and then we will bring in the Jet, Kenny the Jet Smith from TNT. Let's bring D.A. into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma Is. As Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. Turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and like the bullshit and his braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> And then he got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship money. They can't pay for the charters for the water polo in Iowa. Welcome to Hoop Four. We have ignition. And I am so thrilled right now, everybody, to welcome my friend, my former colleague at Turner for 14 years, but he's man. been there longer, <laughs> Kenny the Jet Smith joining us, man. Jet, thank you for jumping in, man. Really appreciate it. I was saying the inside of DA. What's up, brother? <laughs> uh, we miss you, brother. We definitely miss you. Man, I miss you guys so much. I swear to God, 
Hey man, look that that's that that inside special, the inside the NBA documentary that y'all dropped over All Star Weekend. It was spectacular, man. I mean, I had forgotten um, how long ago I actually did that. It was I think last year at All Star in Chicago. Um, so mm-hmm. I know y'all have been sitting on that for a minute because of the pandemic. And I just wonder, I was I was surprised by several things that I found out. I was wondering if anything surprised you. Was there anything you didn't know about your colleagues that came out in that show? Boy, I don't know if it was more what I didn't know or what I forgot, had forgotten. Right. And And then, you know, just, you know, seeing the footage, like even like all the times that you were guests on our show, you know what I mean? Like right. those, right. those are popping up and seeing young DA, <laughs> like, <laughs> young K, like you and I, like 20, 15, 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Right. And right. like, and then like, you're talking about a trade, like that's, you know, that no one like would say that, didn't, that, that trade is not even significant or that trade <laughs> is big now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. like 15 years ago, that that's the stuff that I forgot. Or even guys like Jalen Rose getting their start on our show. Like right. he was in one of the episodes. I'm like, right, Jalen Rose, and now he's on ESPN. I totally and forgot was he like, was on there. You're right. And You're I right. forgot he used to come on the show, and that's where he got his start on our show. And, uh, you know, probably found his voice on our show. Like things like that yeah. kind of threw me off. And I was like, man, this is pretty This is pretty cool. You know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Kenny, was – I. and you talk about things that you that you just have forgotten or that, you, or that jog your memory. And I remember – when I was at ESPN and we were doing the NBA Tonight at the time, it was me and Jason Jackson and Fred Carter. And we would watch your show. We watch you when it was just you and Ernie. And I remember talking to, to Jackson, Freddie, about it going, this is a damn good show. <laughs> this is a damn good show. And I, for, and I had forgotten how good the, the two of you were, just the two of you. And I just wonder, like, you, you made a great point during the documentary about how when you got to the when you got to inside it became a great basketball show and I think that's right and just remembering what that was like when it was just you and Ernie vibing off of each other that was very um, a good time because it was a time like you could be a pioneer and you could kind of do things that no one else was doing you could yeah. kind of you try things and so you know I, you know obviously you know TK out there uh, our um, producer and Steve Fiorillo more TK, you know, we used to just try stuff. And I, but I used to always say I wanted to do things that I, as a player, I'd want to see. Right. Like, so I was like, oh man, if I was, when I used to watch, you know, I was a big TV guy. I'm a, t- I'm a TV buff. Like right. if you're talking about from the odd couple, the honeymooners, Sanford and Son, good time. Like I've always right. watched TV, but I also watched local sports announcers, uh, you know, mm. the Warner Wolves of the world in New York. Sure. Like, in New York, it was a big deal to be the sports anchor guy. Right, so right, right. I used to, and then Marv Albert. So I, yeah. I grew up on, the, on Marv Albert on radio. He'd right, tell a right. story. So then I'm a rap fan. So Biggie Smalls, right. you know, Slick, Slick Rick. Uh, they're, right. they're storytellers. So I was like, that's what I want to see as a player. And so then that's where I, Ernie and I were kind of bringing that. And I think that attracted Charles D.A. Like, and he says it, he's like, later, you know, why he didn't choose NBC? Because he would have made more money at the time at, at, at NBC. Right. You know, it was, a, mm-hmm. you know, your network television at that time was much different than cable now. You know, cable, yeah. you know, dollars yeah. are different. But, but he's just like, no, you guys have fun. That's why I came here. Yeah. And... We, I just was like, I want to see stuff that we do as a, as a, uh, like as a player, and I want to tell a story, and that was it. Right, right. Hey, Kenny, can I can I jump in? I wanted yeah. to, uh, I gotta give you the ultimate props because you know watching this All Star game, it it was really touching as a graduate of Clark Atlanta University, and I will say you've been big up in HBCUs for a long time and supporting black colleges for a long time. And I know you're North Carolina, right? I know you, Mr. You know, uh, Carolina Blue. Is there a special place in your heart for HBCUs? Because I, I can count a number of Clark Atlanta shout-outs, Morehouse shout-outs, and shout-outs to the camera people behind the scenes who went 
to black colleges. It feels like you've been a part of that family for a long time. I think for us, you know, my era of growing up, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, teen, is like we didn't know, I didn't know anybody in Left Rack City that went to like St. John's even. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I didn't know. Right. I lived in Queens. And I didn't know anybody who went to St. John's. I didn't know anyone who went to NYU. I didn't know anyone who went to North Carolina. I knew people went to Howard, Hampton. <laughs> like, right. And they would come back with these stories and, you know, about the frats and, and, and the bands. And so that's what we grew up on. Like, it, it's not really like a far fetch. You know, it's kind of like, Street basketball. We didn't know anything but street basketball. So I know all the street ball players. So to us, that was the fabric of what we were. You know, Winston-Salem State, Earl Monroe. Like, that's what we knew. We knew, like, Earl of Pearl Monroe at Winston-Salem State was this dude that was, like, the best that he's black Jesus. You know what I mean? So, like, we didn't understand anything other than that. And for me, honestly, growing up, I wasn't a college basketball fan. I was a Knicks fan. So I never followed college basketball until I started getting recruited. <laughs> so I was like, and when I started getting recruited, I was like, okay, I got to pay attention. But I was a Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe fan. I was Winston-Salem State and Earl Monroe. And so I didn't know anything other than that, man. Yeah. And, and I, know, I know you know your New York basketball, obviously. So when I say the name, when I say Herman Helicopter or I say Joseph Destroyer, I'm sure... I wonder when did you get to play against those guys? And if you did, what was it like playing against them? No, see, I was much younger. So okay. when I was, I was much younger than all of those guys, but you know who I was, DA? Yeah. You know, if, if, if I bet if you, if I really researched it and you know how you have all those pictures of Rucker Park and people hanging sure. on the fence, yeah. I could find me on one of those fences one day. Okay. Got you. Got like you. I was, the, I was that kid. I was an 11 year old kid, 10 year old kid climbing on the fence to watch a game, sneaking right. in, cutting. We used to bring wire cutters, D.A., to, to Rucker Park <laughs> so you could cut the fence <laughs> right, and right. you could slide through the like the little hole because you couldn't get into the park that way. Yeah, but at 10 right. and 11, you could just bring the little wire cutter, cut a little hole in the fence, and you could slide through because you were smaller than everybody else. Right. So, yeah, that was me. I was right. I was that guy who would just love, you know, basketball. We grew up, there, there was no... In New York, as the people know, there's no football fields. There's no baseball fields in New York. Right, it's right. just 94 feet. That's the only thing you, they're going to give you, 94 feet. There's a basketball court on every other block. <laughs> but there's no, there's nothing else. There's a handball court and a basketball court. Those are the only two things you can find in New York City. Yeah. So you were Pee Wee Kirkland in them? Yeah, right. I was going to say, what was the best run you saw? Oh, uh, man, the best. I always, Pee Wee, you know, I, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm actually helping with a documentary, not, I mean, a movie about Pee Wee's life, oh, but wow. and, okay. and Pee Wee, you know, I've known him my whole, you know, adult life, not really my youthful life, but I told him this story. I said, I go to a game to go see Pee Wee Kirkland, right? It's up in Harlem and, and it's packed. You, you can't even get in. And DA guys, I, I, so we get there, you can't even get to the court. So now, you know, there's the wire cutter. That's the wire cutter story. So we cut the right. wire and we slide into the park. Now we're in the park. Right? And this game has started, and we, I'm like, who's, who's Pee Wee? Where is he? He's not playing. He's not even in the game, right? Hmm? And they're like, where is he? And, they, and, I, and the guy goes, oh, Pee Wee's outside right there on, the, on, on top of the uh, Rolls Royce. He was sitting on top of his Rolls Royce, talking to like three or four women, <laughs> doing whatever he was doing. I'm only 10 <laughs> years old. I have no idea. Listen, My man had a the, Rose. Game, the, game, the game is going on. DA, the game is actually playing. He comes in at halftime of the game. No warm-up, no stretching right. out, and scores 40 in the second half. <laughs> he was I already never seen anything. Warm. What you <laughs> he was on the road. And you know what I said? I said, that's who I want to be. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's who right. I want to be. It's right. like I had never seen anything like that in my life. No warm up, just walked into the park, forty points off of a row, off the top of a Rolls Royce, sitting on top, top of a Rolls Royce. That's some Marvin, ba that's some Marvin Barnes type shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, coming yeah. in, smoking a cigarette, and just <laughs> I was like, dropping forty this, on right? somebody. 
That's yeah, crazy. That's, that's, that's the element I grew up in. And that's when they were like, oh, you got to be part of this movie, Kenny. You, you were see, if you've seen this, that much of him, you need to be part of this movie. So, so you're, you are a part of the, the, you know, the pedigree of the New York point guard, which we all know about, you know, going back 40 years. Right. So, you know, you and, you know, so many guys, I can't, I don't, I wouldn't even do a justice name in all of them. Is there one guy that you grew up watching or that you played against that you feel does not get his due? That made it or didn't make it? Doesn't matter. They may not have made okay. it. That's that's even okay. better if they didn't. I want to hear the one that did make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The one that did make it. <laughs> well, what I want to hear. Uh, the one, the one who probably did made it probably was Pro Washington. He doesn't get his right. Too. Right. Yeah, Pro Washington was like he was the he was the measuring stick that Mark Jackson, myself, anybody else, you know, measured themselves against in our era. Like, yeah, yeah. He was a man child, and the one thing I always tell him when you know when Pearl was alive, bless him. I used to tell him, Pearl, it came too easy for you. Because yeah. if you had to work the way me and Mark had to work, you would have been way better than us. So, because mm-hmm. he was 15 years old, and he was the best guard in the city and in the country at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he was just, and so he's like, I'm, you know, it's hard. My, my dad has a saying, it's hard to work hard when you're sleeping in silk robes. And he was sleeping <laughs> in silk robes for a long right. time. So, right. and, and, you know, and, and I, I think that was his downfall, being that great. The, yeah. the one guy that that I also, you know, there's two guys, Ernie Myers, you know, that went to North yeah. Carolina State. Right. Yeah. yeah he was, he, he's the he, he's the first All-American I ever saw. Yeah. He was the first yeah. high school All-American. He he came to me. I saw him. I was a junior and I was OK. I wasn't even VA. I was at, at my junior year. I didn't have a scholarship offer. Jesus. Right. <laughs> I have none. No scholarship <laughs> offer. Right. Wow. So I'm going into my senior year, and I run into Ernie Myers, and I'm sitting next to him. And he's got his McDonald's All-American ring on. And he's like, I said, Dad, Ernie, let me see your ring, man. And he, and he pulls his ring off, and he lets me hold it. Mm-hmm. And I said, how'd you make that? He said, Ken, you can make it. You're a good player. This first guy, like, a, a peer that ever said this to me. You right, know? right. And I go, what do you mean I could make that? He's like, you know how sometimes you got 15 points, Kenny, and then you're happy? You got to want 20. And then when you got 20, you got to want 25. And when you got 25, you want 30. He said, you just got to. And this was a term that wasn't even said then. He said, you just got to be hungry. Like people didn't say that then. Right. right, Now it's a sound, you know, it's a normal saying, oh, be hungry. I had never even heard that term. And he said, you just got to be hungry. And I said, man. So I went from not having one scholarship and in six months being first team All-American. Just based off that one thought process he told me. One conversation. That's crazy. One conversation. Man, you 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 took that silk robe off, huh, Kenny? Oh no, I didn't have a silk robe. I was sleeping, I was sleeping in a in a thorn robe. I had and I was just uncomfortable. And I was like, man, I never I never thought of it like that. Like, man, you got sometimes you get, you know, you get it's like, yeah, you got 15 points, you're happy. You're like, oh, I right. had a nice little game. He's like, no, 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 that's when you try to get 20. Then when you get 20, you got to get through it. And, I, and it just clicked. I said, yeah. oh, you just never stop. He said, until that whistle ends, you yeah. just keep playing. And yeah. I was like, man. He said, that's what I did. And I went from averaging, literally, averaging 15 points a game, 16 my my junior year, to averaging 31 points a game my senior year. Jesus. <laughs> one conversation. You know who gives you know. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know who gets uh, – they get a lot of credit, but I don't think they get enough. And maybe you could tell me because he was one of my favorites is Rod Strickland. I feel oh, like we have these Rod. conversations, and oh, he should come up far more often than he does. Well, you know, he's he's Kyrie Irving without a jump shot. Right, right. That's right. That's, that's exactly who he is. That's exactly yeah, it's all he is. He, Kyrie yes. Irving is, is, imita- <laughs> is, is imitating Rod Strickland. They're related. You know, yeah, and, and, right. you know they're cousins. But, you know, and, 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 and Kyrie's dad played with Rod all the time, you know, and they all grew up in the same time frame. So Kyrie is really, to me, when I watch him, he's Rod Strickson with a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. And, but finishing accurate. around the yes. rim, yeah, Rod yeah. was the best. We used, to call, we used to call Rod the layup king. Every NBA player would be like the layup king. Mm-hmm. He's a layup king. Like, he, he finishes better around the basket than any big, mm-hmm. you know? And he was a layup king. So, yeah, Rod Strickland does not get enough credit. The the fact that Rod didn't make the all-star team is just criminal. It's just like, like literally, he was averaging 20 and 10. What is he supposed to do? (laughs) No, but think about this, D.A. The year he didn't make the all-star game, he made third third team all-NBA. Right, right, right. (laughs) Like, like, how do you be one of the top 15 players in basketball? Right. But you can't That's wild. But you don't make it all awesome. wild. <laughs> How crazy is that? It's it doesn't even make sense. You know, we have been, like I said, we were colleagues for so long, so I never we I never interviewed you, right? You know what I mean? Like, no. like yeah, in that yeah, way. Exactly. But I always wanted to ask you, what was Bill Russell like? Oh, <laughs> you hit you hit it on the head, DA. <laughs> <laughs> you are hitting it. I'm I'm actually um, writing a book for the first time in my life. How about that's great? That's great. Yeah, and, and it happened because of the pandemic. And and so just to give you a gist of what it is, the book is about you know social justice and all of those yeah. things. How it ties into also greatness because yeah. and, and so all of the great people that have been in my life that I, influenced me. I wish I knew all these stories at twenty, twenty five. Yeah. Right. So, right. Right. And instead of right, chapter, right, yeah. instead of having chapter one, two, three, four, each chapter is named after a great person. Right. So I got a Michael Jordan chapter, and I and I just finished my Bill Russell chapter. Wow. Because he was my first coach in the NBA, and you know, as I'm, I was writing, one of the things he did to me, <laughs> he made me sit next to him on every plane ride, every bus ride, and he wow. used to drive me home after games. So I heard every story you can imagine, every single story that you can ever imagine, I've heard in six months because wow. Bill is a talker. So, so yes, he is. and the reason, and the reason he's DA, he comes and, and without giving the whole thing. So I, I, this is how it happened. I walk on a bus, my rookie year. I come in first bus trip. We're going to play um, Golden State in an exhibition game. So we're driving from Sacramento. He's like, no, young fella, you got to sit next to me. I'm like, coach, <laughs> like, 
I'm going to go in the back of the bus with the fellas. Is that all right? They play cards. You know what I mean? They're having yeah, a good sure. time. Like, I'm like, he's like, and he stands up. Yeah, and he goes, you want to be a loser, you can sit next to these guys. <laughs> and he points. He's like, he, 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 DA, he points out. And he goes, he's a loser, he's a loser, and he's a loser. So where do you want to sit? And he, in, in front of the whole team. And he goes, where do you want to sit, Kenny? Oh, my God. And I go, I'm going to sit next to you, coach. And so, he, and you know, his cackle, his cackle starts. And right. he just starts laughing. Right. And he goes, what would you have said if I said that to you? And I go, coach, I would have been like, yo, you crazy. I'm not a loser. Why are you pointing me out like that? Mm-hmm. He said, see, that's why I know you're not a loser. None of them said anything. Right. Right. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't, and I can't, when is this book coming out? I'll be. I'll, I'll order it immediately. <laughs> all you have to do is look up the 1987 Sacramento Kings, <laughs> and, you go, <laughs> and you go, and you go, and you know what you probably say? Yeah, most of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was those those powder blues were. Yeah, it was not a good era. Yeah, but that was that was his test, in which I didn't realize to see if those guys would respond. And since none of them responded, right. he knew that they were in his mind. Yeah. In his mind. Okay. He's like, anybody who's worth anything in salt would have stuck up. Stuck up, cussed him out. Right, right. No, yeah, no, exactly. What are you talking about? I ain't no loser, coach. You don't even know me. It's your first year. Blah, blah, blah. Right. They were out and went off. I would have been like, coach, what are you talking about? And mm-hmm. he said, what would you have said? And I said, no, I would have I would have stood up and like, what are you talking about? He said, mm-hmm. see, that's the difference. I know it. Right. right. Sit next to right. me. And so I heard all of the stories of Celtics. I heard the civil rights stories. I heard the stories of, you know, with Malcolm and, and um, Martin Luther King. I heard, you know, why he didn't sign autographs. I heard right. every single story you could have met Casey Jones, you know, and I got to, you know, talk with Casey. And, like, it was just an unbelievable experience that I didn't know would happen based on that one bus ride. That when no, If everyone would have said I'm not a loser, I probably would have probably let me sit in the back. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I want, I, I know you, I, I don't want to keep because I know you got to run, but I, I did want to ask you about, you know, last summer, you were very, very much, you know, involved in the, the Black Lives Matter discussions. And, and, you know, after, after the shooting in, in Wisconsin, you famously said, I can't do this show tonight. And I just, I, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I was just so struck by the, the, the rawness of that show and of your feelings and your emotions that night. And I just wonder, like, did it surprise you that you actually, that it welled up in you to the point where you just felt like it wasn't, you couldn't contribute to doing a basketball show that night? Or was it just something that you went, that you just kind of flowed with and just said, all right, I'm going to ride this wave out. And if it takes me off the set, it takes me off the set. Yeah, I, I it was, it wasn't planned. I, I just, I just kept walking into the studio, DA, and I was like, I walked in the gate. You know, you've been to Turner, obviously. Sure, sure. So you know when you drive up, the, the yeah. security guard opens the gate, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, Kenny, how you doing? This was that day. Yeah. I walk in, and you know how they, they greet the talent outside. They make some sure. so you can get into the door. Hey, mm-hmm. Kenny, how you doing? Go in. Go in the producers, everybody. Hey. I was like, nah, today's not the same. Why is right. this? Nah, nah, the day's not the same. And that made me uneasy that yeah. everybody was acting like it was the same. Yeah. And, or had, not even acting. They were, they were doing their job. Right. Like it was the yeah. same. And I just felt that today had to be different. And I just felt that if I was going to be on and talking about it, it wouldn't serve it justice. I had to join the march. So I joined yeah. the march. I was like, no, this, I'm part of the march today. I'm not right. going to be sitting, giving my opinion and look like I'm smarter than. No, I'm going to be one of the people in the front of the line with my hand up, my fist in the air, and they're going to be going, I'm not here today because I think this is wrong. Yeah. And that's, that, that was the whole whole thing. And it happened as Ernie was talking. It didn't. I didn't even think about it until er, I was like, I felt uneasy. But as Ernie started to go through, hey, we're back, huh? We're, welcome back to Inside the NBA. I was like, no, everything's the same. This, no, this, this is not right. This ain't yeah. right. This yeah. ain't right. I can and that tell made you, me, and that made me walk off. Yeah, I mean that. I just had so much. It was so, it was so powerful because we've all been in that position, 
You know, yes. if you if you're a journalist of any kind, you have been in a position where you'd rather be in the march than cover the march. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. We've right. all exactly. been there. Like, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. But we never but could do it, and you never, you never can could express do it. How you right. can't? Sometimes, and I and I and I thought about it. I'm like, no, just get up and join. It's gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have a bigger voice by not being here yeah. than being here. Like yeah. saying what you're gonna say is just gonna fall into the the millions of people talking. But when I watched Malcolm Brogdon out there with his megahorn and I see Jalen Brown and I see, you yeah. know, all those other players, I'm like, I remember that. I don't even know what they said. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. I was right. like, I don't even know what they, I just, no, they were there. And that's what I wanted. I was like, no, I got to be part of this. man. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny, you, you, um, you have always been one of the, I guess, quote unquote, old school players who were in touch with the current players, right? You've never been one to bash the current generation like that. I wonder how much fit to you has it been that your career kind of where it was touching the old school era, right? You got coached by Bill Russell. You were with some of the OGs, but you still got to be part of the, the new kind of Jordan modern era. How much do you think you benefited from being connected to kind of both ends of the spectrum where your career fell? Well, I always realized that your your salary didn't dictate how good you were. You know what I mean? Like, I never looked at person like a player and it evaluated them on their salary because that's just supply and demand, you know? So I, I was an econ major in at North Carolina, econ industrial relations. So I knew that it's all about supply and demand. Oh, the demand goes up, the supply goes down, Okay, right. you're gonna get a better. You're gonna get a, You're gonna get more money. So that's really what these players are benefiting on. They're not. No, these guys aren't maybe worth forty, fifty million dollars in the '90s because it's a different supply and demand. So I never evaluate players based off that. And I think they respect the fact that I just evaluate them as players. I'm like, no, he's the eighth man on the team, but he should be starting, in my opinion. He, you know, he runs back on defense. He doesn't. But I never question, like, their heart, their passion. Like, because I hear people say, oh, he has no passion. He has no... You, you can't measure that. But, D.A., I could go to the big board yeah. and say, your ass ain't running back on defense. Right. Here it is. Right. Here it is. Here it mm -hmm. is. Bing. And, and that's where I think I live. I live on that big board. I live on that, you know, that moment of, like, explaining the game. So not only my grandmother, Hubie Brown, you know, DA, everybody gets it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, everybody gets it. Like, okay, it's pretty plain. He's painting the picture. They say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, video's worth 10,000. You know? Don't lie. Yeah, the tape don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> the tape don't lie. <laughs> well, look, Kenny, man, dude, I swear to God, we could do this for an hour, but I know you don't have an hour, so. <laughs> so man, thank you for joining us, man. This was This was unbelievably good stuff, man. I really appreciate it, man. The best of luck to you. Safe travels to you and the fam, man. And, and hopefully, you know, at some point we can all be in arena together again and uh, chop it up again, man. I miss you guys terribly. And uh, you guys were great to me when I was there. And uh, I hope everything continues to be be good for you. And good luck with the book, by the way. Man, appreciate it, man. And yeah, you know, they, yeah, always say, they always say, you know, people don't get their flowers. Well, I'm going to give you yours, DA, because as a player and as an analyst, Everyone has always respected how you went about your craft because, you know, people kind of dig for there's there's some investigative reporters <laughs> that dig for dirt. Right. But then there's investigative reporters that dig for the truth. And you've right. always dug, dug for the truth. And if it has some dirt on it, that's your fault. You know what I mean? But I, get but it. I think everyone respected the fact that you dig for the truth and you yeah. didn't. I've had a reporter and, this, and, 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 and I, I know. We, you say we got to go, but I'm, I'm going to stay a couple extra minutes because okay. I've had a reporter ask me one time when I was a player, D.A., and this is where I, I, I was like, I actually said this about you and you don't even know it. I said, D.A. would never do, have done stuff like that. We were talking about when we were playing, mm -hmm. and you were still at Turner, and I was right. like, that's the difference between, and that's when I started joking, calling you the insider, the insider <laughs> all the time, because I'm like, he gets the information. I'm on the phone, and I'm getting, I got traded, and the reporter goes, Hey, yeah, I heard that, um, you know, you got traded because of, you know, there was a possible drug use. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't even, I don't drink, I don't even drink alcohol. 
I never right. drank alcohol until I was 36. The first time I had a drink was I was 36 years old, right? So I'm like, no, I was like, I don't drink. I don't even drink. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, nah, I'm just joking. I just want to see if that was it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, that then to me, <laughs> he just made something up on the spot yeah. Yeah. to see if he could find dirt instead of like digging for the truth. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's just, the difference. That's, yeah, I just... I can't. Sometimes I don't even believe I'm in the same business with some people. <laughs> you know, like, so we appreciate just, you. Uh-huh. Ain't that the truth? You know, yeah, Marcus, man. right? You know, like so we down. know. Believe me, Kenny, we know too. Oh, we, man. We, we, we shake our head and go, "How are you yeah, in man. this business with us?" <laughs> there you go, man. Well, I'm giving you flowers for always digging man, I appreciate for the truth it. and not man, digging for the it. dirt. No doubt, Kenny. I, man, I appreciate it, man. And we'll see each other soon, man. Take care. And best of the, best right. of the kids and everything, man. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. Have All a right. good one, Kenny. Thanks a lot. Man, Marcus, let me tell you something, man. Oh. That, I, I've, I've said this many times. Um, you know, when I went to Turner, I was in a not good pay- place. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was not in a good place because ESPN had just let me go and, you know, I had never been fired from anything before, you know, and I did not know what to do with myself because, you know, I was 31, 32, wherever I was at the time. Um, and had never, like I said, well, shit, I was 39. I was closer to 40. Um, never had never not had success in my work life before ever, you know, everything I did worked. Um, and, Kenny and Charles and Ernie and Tim Kiley and everybody at Turner, they could not have done more to make me feel at home and make me feel like, like he just, you know, he was very complimentary. Like, just do what you do. We don't want you to, you don't do what we do, do what you do. And you'll help us. You'll help the show be better. And it was so empowering to just do what I do. You know, like I didn't have to try to be a carnival barker. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, and it made, oh, I, you man. know, it made me relax and made me feel like, okay, I can just do what I do and they, and they'll appreciate it. And so I can't thank those guys enough for, for them reaching out to me uh, when I needed it in my career. You know, that might sound like it's uh, crazy, but man, I, that don't happen for everybody. Trust me. <laughs> no, it does not. I know. I know. Yeah, so let's um let's wrap up with these questions, Marcus. We ask people to send in not stupid questions every week to Athletic NBA Show on Twitter. And we got a few that are not bad, so we will read them. They're not stupid. One day, DA, you gotta take only stupid questions. Like you know, like like Bizarro me, Bizarro questions. mailbag, right? And just do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um Brian Leachy, I hope I'm saying that correctly, right, asks as the pandemic lifts and journalists and fans are allowed back into arenas, do you think that media will be allowed back in the locker rooms or is that something that will stick? Uh, Brian, they never have us in the locker room. I'm convinced of that. It's done. <laughs> it's done. over. It's, it's a wrap. It's done, buddy. <laughs> we will it never be done. in NBA locker rooms again. I, I will be shocked if we are ever allowed in NBA locker rooms again. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> So the, here's the only thing I don't – I'm trying to figure out how they're going to do. Number one, right, you can't do 15 Zoom interviews at night. Right? right. Like, it's just too late. Yes. So I'm for sure – I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, if you're listening, Raymond Ritter, I'm saying I want the dudes you don't have on Zoom, period. I don't care who it is. You right. got – we got eight guys on Zoom. You're like, okay, I want that guy, the guy who's not on Zoom. I need to go in the locker room to talk to him. Right. Because they're going to try to pull this fast one on us. Right, you know it's you know it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna fight against. I'm fighting against. I'm not gonna let this happen because I think the players want us in there, not yeah. all the time, right? Not all the time. Not all the time, but I think they do want us in there. I think they do like having conversations with the media that they want to talk to, and not the open forum where everybody can hop on. Like I, I think, I, I think, I think this, they they prefer it. I hope you're right. I think. I would not want to know the percentages. I think there is probably a percentage. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to know that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. There's probably a percent. Like you got, but see, you got mature guys on your team. You know, you know, Steph's mature about the media. Yeah, I got grown folks. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Draymond likes the media, even though he says he doesn't. He actually likes talking to us about different things. Um, so yeah, I think different teams would handle it differently. Um, but I see your point. I mean. 
I hope that, that, that we're allowed back in. Um, my guess is we won't be, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Zamunda Ray asked, <laughs> should, should the Bulls trade Zach Levine to a contender or build around him and young Pat, a.k.a. the Paul? Not the claw, but the Paul. I like that. Um, no, I w- if I'm the Bulls, I would not trade Zach Levine. I mean, they've been waiting forever, forever. I shouldn't say forever, a long time for somebody to have kind of the breakout season that he's had. This is, you know, not since early pre-injury Derrick Rose, if they they had somebody this kind of prolific on offense to me. So I wouldn't, unless he says, I don't, I will not resign here. um, I would try to build around him and Patrick Williams. I mean, I would for sure. I I don't know what do you get out of trading him, but back to where you just came from. <laughs> like, nah, this dude's about to lead you to the playoffs, right? And he's what is he making? He I don't even think he's making twenty million. It's not ridiculous. It's not like fifty or forty. So Zach yeah, Levine? Zach, yeah, Zach Levine. No, Zach's great, in the twenties. He's in the high twenties. Is he in the high twenties? Ooh, I don't know. You know, yeah, that's not, okay, it's maybe not ridiculous the, though. I don't yeah, think but, he makes um, an amount that exceeds what he had, what he's worth. Right. Yeah. So I think, no, he signed four for 78. So yeah, a little bit less than 20. So, I mean, okay, he's going to so get a new deal. He's going to get paid, but I, I think Zach Levine has finally arrived. Like, why would you get rid of him now? That, that to me, that's the odd part. Like, yeah, yeah he's, well, he's good and he'll be affordable. Yeah, no, and he is, and his career highs in like seven different categories. Like, everything is a career high this year for him. Um, and some of that will regress, I understand, but it's still, look, he's proven himself to be, you know, an all NBA level player. So, um, yeah, no, I wouldn't get it's the same thing with Beal. Like, why would you get you're never getting anybody as good as the guy you have. So why would you trade never, him? Like, never. doesn't make any sense. I mean, you trade you know, Bradley Beal out of like sympathy and to to do right in the world, right? Because right. It's like, yo, we'd never go put a team yeah. around you. Like, what are we doing? But now, the smart move would be I to would, put a team around him. Like <laughs> Right. That's the right, easy right, move. Right. Yeah. Now I get. Now I've advocated that the Wizards trade Beal, but I advocated that a I year know. ago. I know you did. Bleakest. I remember reading that. I did. Oh yeah, yeah. And I and I still kind of think they should, but I but I understand them not wanting to now. You know what I mean? Like they're winning, and so I get it. You know, you don't want to get rid of. Them. All right, let's let's wrap it up with Orla Ortiz six. At Orla Ortiz six says, "What is a realistic trade market?" With Thaddeus Young, a first or a low-level lottery pick. You ain't getting a lottery pick with Thad Young. Man, you can just forget that. That's not happening. You talking about forty-nine-year-old Thaddeus Young? <laughs> yeah, how no, old is nah, Thaddeus Young? He's having young, a good dude. season. Now, now he's good. He's still good, but he feel like he's been in the league for twenty a, years. He's having a good season, but I, I, <laughs> I'm not. Did he play with no Jared Jack at Georgia Tech? Like, jeez. <laughs> 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 were they on the same team? I got to go. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised out, if they were. He came out. Well, no, he was in the Joachim Noah draft and the uh, with the Al Horford draft. I guess that would be right. So that was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, maybe. I, I would have to look. Yeah, he might be. He might be. It was before that because right. I was still in Philly, yeah. so it was like two thousand six. So yeah, I mean, he's not a kid, but. And he's and he's like I said, he's played well for Chicago this year, and I could understand them wanting to maybe flip him for for an asset. Um, but it's not going to be a lottery pick. I mean, like I said, maybe if a team has multiple firsts, they might give you one. Um, Miami, I think, would be a good spot for him. He could help them. You know, second unit guy that could that can defend and is very unorthodox, hard to guard because he's left handed, and still has enough hops to kind of make it worth your while. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. I don't see like a huge market for him. But there will be, there would be, a, there would be a trade market for him for sure for a contending. No team. question, absolutely, no question. If there's a team that just needs a piece, yeah, you know, a team like Denver, right? Like I need, a, we need a guy who can stop some guys, right? Yeah, come right. in, like you know, right. he, he'd right. be a good last last addition piece to see how you go. I don't know, like you said, second round pick, maybe late, late first. Late first, a team like Denver who's going to finish at the yeah, bottom of the first. first round, maybe. Yeah, 
But you're definitely not getting a lot. That's right. Pick. That's right. That's definitely what I'm saying. Late first pick. in the twenties. Yes. Yeah, I could. He's see good that. though. I could see that. He's good so, though. He, thank, he can help some teams. No, he is good. He's a good player. He sure can. He sure can. So good, good, not stupid questions this week. Keep them coming. Athletic NBA show. <laughs> and uh, thank you all for joining us. Please make sure you leave that five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening to this uh, fine American podcast. And we will see you next week. Later. You know, people kind of dig for, there's, there's some investigative reporters that dig for dirt. But then there's investigative